0: The Tablet Show, episode 104, with guest Michael Crump, recorded live Tuesday, September 12th, 2013. From thetabletshow.com, it's The Tablet Show, conversations about developing software for tablets and other mobile devices with your hosts, Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. In this episode, Carl and Richard talk to Michael Crump about his experiences migrating Windows Phone 7.1 apps to Windows Phone 8. This episode is brought to you by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support, online at telerik.com, and by Windows Azure. Who wants you as an MSDN subscriber to activate your free Windows Azure credits and start building your own dev test environment in the cloud. Activate before September 30th for a chance to win a 2013 Aston Martin V8 Vantage sports car. Go to .netrocks.com slash Azure to enter and win. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Thank you very
1: much and welcome back. It's the Tablet Show. It's Carl and Richard and... Uh Michael Crump, he's coming right up. Hey, man, how are you doing?
2: I am well. I've been uh, converting my whole house over to LED lighting. Yeah, have fun. So uh, where the lights in the kitchen, and you remember my kitchen, there's a lot of lights in there. Yeah. Uh, there was about 600 watts worth of lights, and
1: it's been changed over to about 100 watts. That's fantastic. Yeah. So your your bill has gone down, and you can't tell the difference? Uh, no, I took a long time to be really, yeah. uh,
2: get the right, you know, I'm I have a house full of artists here, right? Right so color spectrum and uh, cones of lighting and so forth we spent a long time trying to
1: get the right ones they are different i'll tell you that for my kitchen it was pretty easy cuz we just have those recessed you know floodlights that yeah. people have you know not track lighting in the in the kitchen and uh, i just went to lowes and found you know replacements for those they were about 11 bucks a piece and since i put them in we have not had to replace a single one whereas we were replacing it seemed like one every month before Wow,
2: yeah, which is even fast for regular bulbs, but yeah, yeah. You, you've got a few electrical challenges there, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, nothing to worry about, and uh, it's been a really interesting process to uh, to get it all right, so that's
1: what I've, I've been up to. So what about you, buddy? I, uh, I hosted Damien Dempsey. He's uh, an Irish singer-songwriter, and um, you can't really put him in a box of Celtic or Irish You know, you have to just go to DamienDempsey.com and listen to his stuff. He's got a lot to say. Uh, He was on stage with Bruce Springsteen recently. Wow. And um, just an amazing talent and amazing singer as well. Uh, He was here at Hannafin's. He was doing in the Northeast. He was in New York, Boston, and New London, Connecticut. I got to host him at the studio for The Green Room and also ran sound for him. And uh, we spent uh, a few evenings in the pub, uh, you know, sessions at night. He didn't do too much singing there because he wanted to save his voice. But uh, the the rest of his guys, too, we all just sat around. And that's the best part about, uh, you know, Irish singing is that, you know, they love to just hang out in the pub with a guitar, pass it around, and uh, have a session. And that that's just the best part of it. Absolutely. And we're going to go see him in Dublin, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Yeah. We're going to the UK here. We're leaving on the 21st. And we'll be there in the UK, and then we're going to DevReach, and then we're going to Ireland. Yep. So we've got three stops in the UK, and you can
2: go to ndc-london.com to uh, to see that. So it's part of the NDC conference, which is actually in December. We're doing this three stops in uh, Bristol, London, and Manchester. We're going to do three different shows, and we're lining up various rock stars to uh, to be part of those shows. And then DevReach, first week of October. Right. And then we're going to Ireland, and we're going to go to Galway and Dublin and Belfast. It's going to be fun. And I'll put all these links in the show notes if you want to to register for any of those things. But we hope we'll see lots of folks out. But it's so coincidental that you had Damien in your town, and now we're going to his
1: town. It's really cool. Yeah, very, very cool. And of course, they said, you got to stop by. We'll take you take you around, show you around Dublin. So looking forward to that. Uh, so I guess it's time for Better Know Framework, isn't it? Hit me. All right, buddy, what do you got? So, Engadget um, came out with their review of the Nokia Lumia 1020, and I thought, um, since we haven't really brought it up, and it's actually been, uh, gee, more than a month since this review came out, and I can't believe I haven't pointed to it yet, tinyurl.com slash 1020 review. What's great about this review is it's not just like, you know, oh, we like it, we like the camera. They publish numbers. Oh, wow. And they have sample photos. And by the way, the sample photos, if you follow the the main links for the photos, you will go to some photo viewer where you can't actually get at the JPEGs. But there's um, just in under the camera section, there's a couple of links that just say here, right? So if you want to actually look at the files on Flickr, go here. So uh, search for that, because then you can actually download, you know, the big 34 megapixel, Big ones, and they're huge. Huh? They're huge. These, wow. Well, okay. So, the high res images, uh, I downloaded one, and it's twelve megabytes. Okay. So, yeah, pretty big. And That's a
2: JPEG. That is big. And you got yourself a ten twenty too.
1: Yeah, I did. And you know, I I pretty much agree with everything in the review that they they said. I it's still early, and I have a few quirks in mind and I'm not sure if it's because. I have so much email in my inbox that it choked on it, but uh, the nine twenty doesn't seem to have a problem with my um gmail inbox nice and, and a couple other things that I agree with them the the matte finish makes it slipperier oh interesting than the nine twenty so it slips out of your pocket and I also found it turning on in my pocket by itself a lot and um you know the the little speech thing going crazy and so if you you know you hear the little speech prompt. And so, you know, it's constantly saying, I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah, Well, I'm not talking to you. Shut up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like you got to lock it.
1: Yeah, I didn't lock it, of course. Yeah. And um, so just a couple of little things. I'm going to probably, I, well, I switched back to my 920 just because of the, the syncing thing. It did, just didn't sync right. Right. And uh, it bricked a couple of times. And I it probably just got a bad BIOS or something. I don't know. So I'm going to wait a month trade it in for a new one, and then try it again. Cool. Yeah. But I love the camera. Awesome. Yeah. Well, there you go. tinyurl.com slash 1020 review.
2: And we uh, I'll put that link in the show notes as well, so you can always go and get it. Yep. Good stuff. Who's talking to us, Richard? Grabbed a comment off of show 101, which is the one we did with Ms. Mary Joe Foley, mm. which was, I hate to say it, it was a bit of a gossip show, wasn't it? Well, you know, it's Mary Joe. Well, and it seemed like it was time. So much had happened with the Nokia thing and with Bomber and so forth. We had to have that conversation. We had
1: to have that conversation.
2: Yeah. So it was time to have that conversation. But uh, people reacted strongly to it. And uh, Mark Russ uh, said a comment that said, just a thought. Uh, One of the reasons that people think that Nokia might have been better with another platform is that the worldwide, not just in the U.S., market share of Windows Phone 8 is 3.3%, according to a Gartner report from this past August. Right. Also, LG, whom you reference as an also-ran, has a 5.1% market share with more sales to end users than all of WinPhone 8. Hmm. So while the perspective that Nokia might have been better off with Android might seem strange to people deep within the Microsoft ecosystem, outside that echo chamber, it doesn't seem that odd.
1: Well, and that's, that speaks to that link that I posted about, uh, you know, the real reason why, uh, why this happened. You know, they, they're just not happy with the sales, you know. It's, it just didn't happen. Well, this comes back to this idea of did Microsoft buy Nokia
2: to stop Nokia from switching to Android? Right. Because sales are down. But I got to think, Nokia switching to Android at this point would have been way too late. You know, because the market is already dominated Mm. by by Samsung. Mm -hmm. So better to stick with phone, which is growing.
1: You know, is actually going in the right direction. Well, and if you think about it, Windows Phone is, they're kind of expensive, right? You know, Mm -hmm. they're not Android phones. And so now that Microsoft owns Nokia, are they going to do the Xbox thing, which is essentially take a hit on the hardware and uh, sell them much cheaper so that they can compete with Android? That's the question.
2: Well, and I think that's what the 520 is, is a cheaper phone so that they can compete right at the bottom. But I don't, I still don't believe this has anything to do with the phones. It has everything to do with the carriers. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, there there you go. So, Mark, thanks so much for your comment. A Tablet Show mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a Tablet Show mug, just write a comment on the website at thetabletshow.com.
1: And before we introduce Michael, we really ought to talk briefly about the MSDN Microsoft Azure sweepstakes.
2: Yes, this is it. If you're listening to this show on the day it published, which was September 30th,
1: this is the last day of the sweepstakes. So you can win an Aston Martin, and you get free Azure credits. You already have them if you're an MSDN Ultimate subscriber. Well, even if you're not an Ultimate subscriber, you have them.
2: Yeah, any MSDN security gets some credits. I know that the Ultimate security gets $150 a
1: month, which is a ton. So here's what you do. Go to .netrocks.com slash Azure, activate your credits, and then make something, and you can win an Aston Martin V8 2013. The real car, yeah. not a remote control car, not a toy car, the car. This is the last day, September 30th, so you better do it now. All right, and now it's my extreme pleasure to introduce to you Michael Crump. Michael is a Microsoft MVP, iNet, a community champion, and author of several .NET framework eBooks. He speaks at a variety of conferences and has written dozens of articles on .NET development. He currently works at Telerik with a focus on their XAML control suite. You can follow him on Twitter at mbcrump. Or keep up with his blog by visiting michaelcrump.net.
3: Welcome, Michael. Thank you for having me, uh, Carl and Richard. It is an absolute pleasure to be on the show. Well, thanks for being here. So you've done a
1: fair bit of work with phones. Obviously, you're in that space. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) First of all, what do you think about all these things that we sort of talked about briefly?
3: Yeah. So, you know, what I'm seeing, you know, we all fly a pretty good bit. And so on Delta, you know, Delta, uh, airline, uh, attendants are actually, um, carrying the Nokia devices that are the 920s that, uh, will let the people order like different types of drinks to food to, uh, different things like that. So we're hmm. seeing Windows phone now on Delta planes, even though, um, Everybody's like, okay, shut off your phones as soon as you get on. (laughs) Delta flight, (laughs) but Delta flight attendants are are still able to carry these phones around. That's pretty cool. So yeah, and obviously, you know, uh, you know, they probably put them in some sort of mode, and it saves all the data to isolated storage, you know, or something like that. But Mm -hmm. um, it's still it's still very neat to kind of see that happening. And also, I'm seeing more and more people upgrading. To some of these later versions, like um, the, the, the 1020 that you had described. That's one that um, I actually saw when I was at HDC uh, last week. Um, the camera was just so. Large on it when I was just checking it out, I just couldn't believe mm. um, that you you now were able to carry those type of cameras around because yeah. I always carried around like a Canon Rebel, uh, you know, because sure. I wanted to take really cool pictures of wherever I was at, as well as you know carry around you know my my phone. And I've been using a 920 um, pretty much since they came out. And it's one of those things I got the 920, um, obviously, uh, at build. I'm still using that phone right now, even though I'm kind of itching to upgrade. But, mm. you know, we always get locked in different types of plans. So, um, and I keep a variety of phones around me. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see that. And also that more and more people are actually, um, uh, looking at Windows Phone 8, even like if you go into like, I've I've got to definitely say that Walmart says I'm in the south. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but even like in the Walmart stores, there is Windows Phone 8 uh, prepaid phones that you can buy now. And they, they range from around $99. So if they can get down to that price point where, you know, Android is at then I think, I think we're going to see, um, you know, an explosion of more and more people buying those devices. Yeah. And really, if they're going to be able to upgrade them for free, um, like, you know, we're doing with Windows 8 to Windows 8.1, I think that will be uh, really great to happen. You know, even here in Canada, where we pay way
2: too much for cell phones, Rogers, the, which is the AT&T of Canada, offers the Nokia 520 for free with a two-year contract.
1: Whoa.
3: Brand new phone, huh? Yeah, there is a couple of those as well um, from AT and T, from some of the AT and T stores around here, where you can get the phones for free um with with the two year contract. But you know, there's still I still see a whole lot of you know you know shoving, especially at AT and T, shoving iPhone fives, having these big beautiful displays. Where in some of the T Mobile stores, they actually have you know some really nice Windows Phone eight display models, uh, similar to the iPhones. So, um, it's, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what happens for sure.
2: Yeah. It's an interesting time. And I I'm wondering, I think I said this in that show with Mary Jo, I wonder if Microsoft didn't buy Nokia at the perfect time at the time when life was darkest for them. And we're literally turning a corner right now.
3: Yeah. I I think, you know, as we start to see more and more, and I think I even tweeted out uh, a link to some, you know, some website that had some pictures of the next phone after that. You know, obviously we can't keep a, you know, as soon as we buy a brand new, uh, Windows Phone 8, the new model is, is <laughs> like two weeks away. <laughs> of course. I mean, that ha- that happens with like every phone that we buy, um, or really any gadget that we buy. Um, so yeah, it would be very interesting to see, you know, especially in the coming months and next year, because, you know, Microsoft's is in, is in this, you know, shut up and ship mode, you know, right now for, uh, Windows Phone 9 or Blue, whatever they're going to call it. Um, So uh, we'll see what happens next year. Indeed. All right, so
1: we're here to talk about migration, migrating from Windows Phone 7 to Windows Phone 8.
3: And uh, this is something that you've had a fair bit of experience with? Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, Obviously, uh, my latest uh, MSDN article um, that was actually on upgrading, uh, from Windows Phone 7.1 apps to Windows Phone 8, uh, caused quite a little bit of a stir. There's a lot of, um, as positive reactions, mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of people were still stuck on 7.1. And anybody that's kind of in the writing type of business knows, you know, you submit a couple of different, uh, magazine articles. And then from there, they kind of pick and choose which ones that they think, you sure. know, would be most beneficial and obviously 7.1 apps you know to eight is where that microsoft would love to see more and more people you know heading so that's one of the reasons that i started kind of uh created that article uh it was published in the september issue and uh there's a lot of good stuff in there um i just want to ask the question why 7.1 why
2: not 7.5 or 7.8
3: yeah, so actually when a name 7.1, it's really 7.5. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's the way, it's the versioning of like the operating system versus the SDK releases. Okay. So there's also 7.0, which was pre-Mango. So Mango was 7.1, but All it's right. really, yeah, you kind of see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so... Um, you can actually upgrade from 7.0, which was Noto to 7.5, which was Mango to Windows Phone 8. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, 7.1 is the official name of the, uh, SDK. Okay. And when, when you actually go file a new project, it pops up with 7.1 or 8.0. And what about 7.8 then? Is, is that still actually 7.1 under the hood? Yeah. So 7.8. It's, there is absolutely, there's no new SDK that was released with that. Okay. All, mm. all that is, is actually just a couple of different uh, brand new emulators. Now with 7.8 came the ability to use some of the new tiles. That's available. So there was, you know, the three new tile types that uh, that came in Windows Phone 8. Mm. There was a um, flip tile there, which we had in uh, 7.1 and 7.0. But then we also added a, or they added a cycle, as well as the iconic tile, and you can use those in 7.8. It's funny, is that my wife actually has a Lumia 800. Um, And she upgraded to 7.8, and I was able to play with those features. But the emulators is is the only thing that you're actually given Hmm. once you download that.
2: Well, and that's awesome. I mean, it's just trying to understand. So there's really only two versions underlying 7. Yes. 7.0 and 7.1. So presuming you've gotten out of 7.0, because let's hope. Yes, let's hope. Now you're going to talk about actually moving to 8. That's a big jump, isn't it?
3: Yes, but the the great thing about it is that um, Microsoft has made it pretty easy to actually upgrade to Windows Phone 8. And so I had uh, two, uh, and I'm I'm just going to call them 7.1 apps that were in the store. And both of those apps, um, one of them that's still in the store, um, Treadmill Assistant, and another one called Full Screen Browser. Hmm. So when I went about um, creating those in Windows Phone 8, It's simply as easy as loading those projects. You have to be in Visual Studio 2012 and then just simply right clicking on the project and selecting upgrade to Windows Phone 8. Mm. And at that point, it will go ahead and it will, um, it'll do all of the little magic behind the scenes, such as updating the WM app manifest, um, as well as adding in the proper references instead of all of the, you know, system.io uh, et cetera, you would just get your two references like .NET for Windows Phone mm-hmm. and then just your Windows Phone um, reference, you know, kind of like what we're seeing in Windows 8 apps. Right. Do I want to do this? So, like if I deploy my app as WinPhone 7 into the store, it runs in WinPhone 8 anyway. Yes, it will.
1: Wait a minute, 7 or 7.1?
3: They it, it actually either one will seven or 7.1. They will still run in Windows Phone 8 with a thing that Microsoft has called quirks mode. Right. That's so, where they do the conversion yeah. for
1: you automatically. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. They do, they do the conversion for you and basically it'll still run. There is a few, uh, Weird instances where it doesn't run, but I can say for the most part, every 7.1 app that I've played with, um, on Windows Phone 8 has still, has still worked. But the big thing about all of this is that, um, the reason you would really want to start upgrading and start using Windows Phone 8 is that we're seeing more and more people migrating to Windows Phone 8 than we really have ever seen, uh, before. And so we all know kind of the story. With like Android. Uh, Android's, you know, device fragmentation is, is killing it. There's like, you know, mm-hmm. forty five hundred devices and almost everybody is on the lower versions of Android. And so it's really hard to target the new stuff. And then on mm-hmm. Apple with iOS, you know, iOS six is out at the moment. Next week iOS seven is out, but there is a ninety-four percent of people are running iOS six. That
1: makes the case for doing all new development in Windows Phone 8. But why would we convert our existing stuff if it's running in the store as a Windows Phone 7 app on Windows Phone 8? Why would we
3: convert it? Yeah, so one of the reasons that I wanted to convert was in order to start using some of the new features, um, especially the new tile sizes. The normal tile sizes in Windows Phone 7 or 7.1 was back to just, uh, you just had the uh, flip, tile so it was just a medium type of tile so now obviously you can uh, create your application that uses the cycle tile that will flip through you know um, nine different images or you can use the iconic tile you can also now have a wide tile if you would like so there, you have all these new various uh, tile types that you would want to display your informations and we know that tiles is one of the most uh, is one of the really cool features of Windows Phone. I know that when mm-hmm. I've switched between an iPhone 5 and uh, Windows Phone 8, Um, for testing and for other things like that. I missed the tiles. I missed, I missed the tiles. I missed, I missed having those, those notifications. But then this also ties into, you know, some of the other, the other stuff that's tied into that, Mm -hmm. where before we were locked in on Windows Phone 7, uh, with, um, the lock screen and notifications being limited to just like say, um, the mail application, maybe our SMS. Well now we actually can build our application where we can create and change our own lock screen mm. as well as add in a notification icon and an, a notification uh, badge as well as text. So um that that was also something that I thought would be very very cool yeah. um to do. I think I think a lot of people would be interested, you know, in in doing that. This portion of the tablet show is
1: brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. Hey, can you ever have too many free tools to complement your development skills? I didn't think so. So our friends at Telerik are giving you now more than 30 free products for application development, automated testing, agile project management, and content management. And we're talking free-free. Not a trial, not a demo, but free, complete products supported by a community of over 440,000 developers at Telerik Forums. From free ASP.NET Ajax, ASP.NET MVC, and Silverlight controls, to the free ORM solution and automated testing framework, to free agile management tools and content management systems, all of these and more are available to you for immediate download at Telerik.com slash free stuff. Most of the free products can be used for commercial purposes and give you access to supplemental support resources. Such as documentation and forms. Go to telleric.com/free-stuff now and take full advantage of the available free of charge products. And don't forget to thank them for supporting the Tablet Show. So we have an app that's seven or seven point one in the App Store, and it's doing well. And obviously, we're going to make another version of it. There's uh, this is the case that you're making to to take that next version into Windows 8, Windows Phone 8.
3: Yeah, exactly. And, in by, even by doing that, um, so if you go ahead and you take the jump and you convert it to Windows, uh, Phone 8. Well, obviously, if you're, you know, keeping up with, with everything that's kind of happening with Windows 8 and 8.1, you can start to reuse some of your code instead of, uh, using a lot of portable class uh, libraries. You, you can start using, you know, like iStorage folder. Instead of using um, the some of the older versions, which was isolated storage file, right. um, you don't you can now start writing code like that. Also, uh, even though Windows Phone 8 uses a uh, web client by default, and Windows 8 uses the new HTTP client, which uses the async and await, right. um, you can just simply the, the right now you actually have to download it through NuGet. Obviously, you know I don't know the future, but I know that. Uh, more than likely, Microsoft will include HTTP client in the next version of Windows Phone 9, but you can just go through NuGet and you can search for Microsoft.net.http, and from there, uh, you can actually install that package. And so now you're able to start reusing, uh, some code. And if you have these obviously in, you know, some sort of MDVM, you know, pattern, uh, you can start using, you know, linked files and then maintain a Windows 8 app as well as your Windows phone app, uh, together. And I think that, I think that is really, really compelling. uh, Compelling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, That common code base
2: is really an interesting part of this whole equation. It's just that. How common is it really? Because the UIs are so totally different.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, so I found, you know, from my own kind of research, you know, I found that there's there's a lot of them that's identical. Um, the Windows dot storage was obviously for you know writing files that replaced uh, System dot uh, isolated storage, uh, sockets. Um, is another one that is shared between the phone and Windows 8. So that was in like Windows.Networking.Sockets, um, the Windows.System.Threading.ThreadPool, and then even like uh, the Windows.Devices.Sensors. Hmm. You know, all of all of those are those are three things you know that shared, and you would be able to start you know using those you know absolutely immediately. Now there is some some phone specific. Additions that are not in the uh, Windows Phone 8 uh, um, right now, like speech synthesis. And speech recognition, which is one of the things that I talked about. And and I'll tell you, I've I've been speaking all over at like Star Trek and just different places on Windows Phone. And whenever I show like speech synthesis and speech recognition, everybody that is like the first thing they want to start including in their app, some sort of uh some sort of way to speak because it's literally two lines of text to have your phone, you know, actually, you know, Read text back to you. So Windows Phone 8 has speech synthesis, but not speech
1: recognition. uh, 8.1 rather.
3: Yes, exactly. But not
1: speech recognition yet. My my hunch is because it's too processor intensive.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we'll see. You know, as as we get to 8.1, I'll tell you what though. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'll tell you what. I would
1: I would be perfectly happy if they gave us a way to easily, you know, record. Record something and then ship it off to a service where we could process it with .NET on the server and ship back text. That to me that would be just as good. But seems like even doing that takes a bit of jumping through hoops.
3: Yes, yes, yes. It it would it would absolutely uh, take quite a bit. But like uh, speaking back to you know all of the you know the other reasons you know comparing you know both of these two. I don't know if you've played with it or not but the multilingual editor um it's one of the it's one of the products that when I was at the MVP summit you know I got to uh you know chat with and give some feedback on but the multilingual editor it's in uh, Windows 8 and it's also now in Windows Phone 8 cool. and And with that, um with that, obviously you can translate from one language to another very, very easily. So you just download the multilingual app toolkit. And once you download it, you go to your project, and from your project, uh, I think you simply do a right click and you add uh enable multilingual toolkit. Mm. And then after that, you can select which language you would like to um you would like to pick. So like I picked, um, for example, um, like uh, German or something. And uh, once I picked that, I was able to type in, okay, like for example, my app name from like the buttons down at the bottom, like if you have an add button, um, a remove or delete or anything like that. And then you can just simply click one button and it will translate. And those, those translation files that's been created – um, you can, they're called XLIFF, which stands for XML Localization Interchange File Format. That's kind of a lot, mouthful there. But uh, those files, obviously, you could use in both your Windows 8 and your Windows Phone 8 uh, application. So we're seeing more and more and more of of this, you know, uh, these these tie-ins between this two which is excellent because you know i do um i've been you know learning a little bit more about xcode and you know they have a universal app that works on both iphone and ipad and um now we're starting to see you know microsoft really you know putting these two together and i think it's really going to be better as, as soon as we get closer to uh with this next Windows Phone release. Yeah. And, uh, especially just with the Windows 8.1 release. I know all of us are, have, I know I've installed it and I'm sure you guys have already installed it as well. Uh, so I, I was waiting till the RTM release to actually put it on a physical hardware, uh, and start playing with it from there. And one thing I noticed with Visual Studio 2013 was, uh, you couldn't actually target, um, any of the older Windows Phone apps. You had to go to Windows Phone 8. So, um, we're seeing Microsoft's direction is, uh, you know, Windows Phone 8 is is what's supported in Visual Studio 2013 um, preview and up. So when it comes to the different development models, we, all we had in Phone 7 was Silverlight, right? Yeah, you were pretty much just using Silverlight and, and Silverlight was, Silverlight with XAML uh, or C Sharp was pretty much what everybody was using. So um with Windows Phone 8 you still have that. So that's basically what we just called as like managed app development. So um you're using, you know, uh .net any any version of .net of, uh, well you're using um VB or C# Sharp as far as your language goes and you can also use the Windows Phone runtime APIs. So right. that was kind of for managed and then with uh, with Windows Phone H, it also supports this native um, app development that uses Win PRT and Win thirty um, two, and then obviously uh, game development. Yeah, hmm. that's I think that's the only folks that would want to go that low level, right? Exactly, exactly. It's funny is that I have a couple of samples and of like some of the game developments, like using uh, so XNA. You know, Microsoft's kind of. Uh kind of uh, I'm, I'm leaving that and are moving more towards direct 3d because right now you can only use XNA with a 7.1 project and direct 3d is uh, going forward with 8.0 right unless you're talking mono game then you're using yeah, exactly. XNA exactly yeah Yeah, but my as far as Microsoft is concerned right. Yeah, the love is uh, is definitely on Direct 3D, sure. and I, I've only went as far as Direct 3D as playing with it and understanding some of the samples. Um, obviously I'm not a game developer. Um, which I probably should be because games with in-out purchases, which, you know, came out in Windows Phone 8 is where a lot of people are, are, are going, especially when they're looking at monetizations. That's where the money is. Yep. It, it it really is where the money is. I mean, like, for example, um, my son, you know, he plays Plants versus Zombies 2. The game is absolutely free. But, you know, he gets stuck. You know, he's – and I wouldn't be embarrassed saying this because he's five years old and I'm letting him play Plants vs. Zombies. Ah, it's a good game. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, so he plays the game. He gets stuck. And so he brings it to me. And uh, obviously, there's a button there that you can just click for in-out purchasing. And you pay, you know – you know, a dollar or two dollars or whatever, and you can advance to the next level without mm. actually beating it. And, uh, I, and then, you know, other, other business developers are using that for adding in like functionality. Um, those, one of the Contoso cookbooks adds in extra recipes to, um, we're seeing people use in-app purchases to remove, uh, ads, um, from their applications as well. So. Right. I mean, that just leads you into just a, a whole brand new thing. And in-app purchasing was one of the most uh requested features um from developers uh for Windows Phone 8. I mean, I saw that all over user voice. Everybody was begging for in-app purchases. Because before, you either had to, you know, you paid the money up front, and that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people wanted a trial application, and so people started either, you know, they didn't program against it, they may make a free version and then a paid version and then have two of the same apps in the same store. Yeah, but it makes a lot of sense to, you know,
2: this is what Zynga made their money on is the in-app purchase. Yes. Get them playing the game and then you offer them incentives and assets and and advantages for spending just a couple of bucks at a time.
1: Yes, uh, okay, so, so getting back to the, the um, migration story, if you're, if you're moving into Windows Phone 8, obviously there's a lot of incentives. What are some of the problem spots? I mean, this is what people really want to know. Where am I going to get stuck?
3: Yeah. So when you first do your upgrade and you go from 7.1 to 8.0, the first thing you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go to your references folder, which is what I always did. And I made sure that the references that I was using were actually compatible and worked with uh, Windows Phone 8. So you may be using like a really old version of like link to Twitter. Um, uh, or something like that, yeah. even before they started requiring OAuth. So you're going to want to make sure that you get, you know, the very latest references.
1: And this isn't the framework. This is any anything else that you're using.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything, anything that you're using in your application. And I, I've seen a lot of people that were using um, JSON.NET, and when they upgraded, um, it was still it was breaking because it wasn't using that that same one. Um, now, while you can continue using some of the older APIs, uh, like the isolated storage and things like that, um, those will still work. But you again, you'll want to look at upgrading those to the, at least the Windows Phone 8 mm-hmm. uh, version of it. Once that is done, I would definitely take a quick look and I would go into my properties and I would go into my WM app manifest file. And from that WM app manifest file, you can start to see things like as the supported resolutions. Because before, if you were using, say, for example, you were using a grid and you weren't using any sort of auto or star type of layout, well, that app may not look the same on the different resolutions that we have. Mm -hmm. Because we used to just have WVGA, but now we have uh, WXGA and then 720p. And uh, obviously, if you are using fixed width and fixed height, those may not look so well. So, um, uh, you may want to start replacing those and start using some other type of, of sizing, as well as the different types, the emulators that are available. I, what I actually did was I actually clicked on the drop down and I actually tried it. In each of the different uh, the different ones, so WXGA was kind of similar to the Nokia Lumia 920, 720p was towards the HTC 8x. So right. you want to make sure that those actually run right, and you can actually download emulators now for the DDR2 release, which was 10322, uh, and right. so it comes with those same sort of things. Um, so after you do all of that, you may want to adjust your tiles and and just kind of look at your tiles. There's different types of sizes as well, um, and there is also some boilerplate code if you um, uh, for localization that you're going to want to take a look at as well. Now it's not turned on by default. You actually have to go into the main page and turn that on first. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's actually all stubbed out code, so it's it's very easy to kind of get up and running or converting your app is there anything in the framework
1: that's going to uh, that isn't compatible that you have to worry about or slightly incompatible?
3: Okay. So the things that I'm seeing that was far as like uh, source code incompatibility examples um, was things such as isolated storage file dot file exist. So that one in, for example, if you're using that in windows phone seven, it returns faults. Um, and if, in Windows Phone 8, if you pass it a null, then this just throws an argument null exception. So this is basically code that's going to behave a little bit differently when compiled for Windows Phone 8. Um, there's also uh, things such as begin read, begin write, in uh, read, and a couple of other methods. So in Windows Phone 8, these are input-output operations. Um, they're mm-hmm. obviously uh, performed asynchronously yeah. by using async and await. Windows Phone 7.1, all of these, these type of input operations were performed synchronously. Yeah. So, um, you want to take a look at that. XML Serializer is another more. The best resource for this would probably be checking out the topic on Windows Phone app platform Mm -hmm. compatibility that's in the documentation there 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 is a big list of of source code incompatibilities that you want to take a look at but it's not enough to make you or stop you from from converting like i said uh, the muffle screen browser application has you know twenty five thousand downloads and i was able to convert that um really literally in no time okay awesome (laughs) <laughs> Literally in no time, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think
1: it was a little bit of time, a little bit of time, perhaps.
0: <gasps> yeah.
1: Okay. So no no show stoppers really. No show stoppers. Yeah. yeah, and async await is the way to do anything anyway. So yeah, so much better.
3: Exactly. Now there is a couple of um uh, as I would call it binary app incompatibility examples. Okay. So background file transfers. So, the limit in Windows Phone 8 of concurrent file transfers, uh, it increased from 5 to 25. Okay. So, in Windows Phone 7.1, obviously, um, the maximum number couldn't exceed 5 or yeah. it would fail. Okay. Um, networking was kind of another thing. Uh, Windows Phone 8... Um, can handle this very header and cache responses, mm-hmm. and if you're using the same sort of uh, web service calls in 7.1, then your code really can't rely on downloading uh, more than you know just a couple of seconds without timing out. Yeah. Okay.
2: Can we talk a little bit about the simulators? Yes. Yeah. Now, is it in my best interest to just have a phone seven and a phone eight to do this testing, or can I trust these simulators?
3: And are they simulators or emulators? Uh, good question. So they're actually called emulators, but there is a simulation dashboard, which is another thing. But the emulators, you can trust those. But as one thing that I've always pointed out, it's really great. To, you know, we'll have powerful, powerful machines. You know, I have a 520 here. You know, it's, it's got a lot of, of, of power in it, SSDs and things like that. Um, nothing really beats, in my opinion, uh, testing these on physical devices. My problem is that I have more of the older devices than I have of the newer devices. So, um, as far as, like, you know, Windows Phone 8, I only have one main device for that. I don't have all of the other ones. But, um you can always, always, uh, do the testing on the physical hardware. And if you don't, um, the emulators provide at least a reliable way of seeing how your app will perform. Um, so you can kind of just kind of keep that in mind. If you have access to the devices, I say go for it.
2: Yeah. 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 No kidding. The, the, I guess the next question then is, do I need, you know, I, I think about the guys who talk about the Android drawer broken dreams where right? you have to test on every phone. Have you ever run into a case where if it works on one phone eight, it won't work on another phone eight? You know, I've seen
3: tweets of people that had, had said that they had had problems, but we, there was never really a resolution that I saw that came out of out of any of that. But uh, I did hear of several people that have said, hey, you know, this works great on my one Windows Phone 8, but it's not working as well on another one. I don't really know what could be causing that. Right. Um, may, there may be something strange as in um, uh, they may have sideloaded it on one and downloaded it from the App Store in another one. They may have created a beta app and sent it out and actually updated it and then forgot about it. And that's the reason it's not working well on one Um, two, it could be just they have a different type of, uh, of OS that's installed. I mean, as, you know, Windows Phone 8 has come out, you know, there's been several versions after that. I actually have a write up on my blog of the various versions. One could be running, uh, you know, the GDR2 release while the other one could be running, you know, what shipped with the, uh, 920s at build, uh, two years ago. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: So what do you think is going to happen here? With Windows Phone 8 and going forward
3: with Nokia's hardware. I think that was an absolutely like perfect deal. Uh, you know, there's already the rumors about, you know, all of the new tablet-based stuff that's coming out with the Nokia Lumia uh, tablet-based. that's basically a Windows phone in kind of a tablet type of form, but not as big as... Obviously, like the Surface or the new Surface 2 that we keep hearing about. Yeah. I think it's an absolutely great deal. I think that we're going to see a lot of new hardware come out since, you know, they now have that division. Mm. And, uh, you know, going forward with Windows Phone 9, I mean, things are only going to get better, in my opinion, you know, as these Especially as these two, you know, Windows 8.1 and uh, the next version of next of Windows Phone collides. Yeah, the funny thing is, it was never about bad
1: hardware. It was never about a bad experience. Loved, I've always loved the experience of the Windows Phone. It was always about adoption and and price, maybe. It, it was about
3: adoption, but you know, in what for me. My problem was that I was hardly seeing Windows phones in the stores, and it's just up until here recently that I'm actually seeing them in stores. Mm. I think there's a big problem going on at a lot of the the local stores yeah. that the people there are not familiar enough, and they're not really trained uh Properly to understand, you know, what this Windows Phone 8 device is, what it can do. And T Mobile is really trying. I mean, I can yeah. say they're really trying, at least in my local area, you know, to, you know, to come out there. But if you have questions about iPhone or about Android, they can answer them in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yet when I bring in, I go through a lot of different SIM cards because it seems like every phone I have to switch to a smaller and right, smaller sure. SIM card <laughs> until, they,
0: they,
3: <laughs> until they've become the size of an ant and i'm not even going to be able
1: to sim (laughs) when they are the same size like uh no that's one's too old or something you know yeah (laughs) i can't actually see it
3: yeah wait a minute let me get my microscope out here (laughs) tweezers and that's what and that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna have to go to i mean uh, you know i don't know if you've seen the nano sim yet but i mean that's that is ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) nano sim yeah, yeah, I mean it is absolutely ridiculous. Like I said, I have um, uh, multiple phones, you know, because I've been doing research on on the wide variety of uh, just mm-hmm. different phones, and obviously, I want to be able to be well equipped to uh, answer questions, you know, from people that are coming, you know, from different types of backgrounds, from iOS to Android, mm-hmm. to for them to understand, you know, what do we have to offer? And I think MSDN did a great job on that as well, you know, with you know saying, you know, I'm an iOS developer. Click here, you know, and right. so forth. But I think the relationship is great, Carl. I think I think it's something that you know, over the next, you know, three to six months, we'll see more better in hardware coming out. Do you think that the higher end hardware is going to get any cheaper? Oh gosh, you know, two ninety nine seems to be about the the price point that it's it's going to cost. The magic number. Well, the ten twenty retail is six hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, th- those prices are really, uh, difficult, um, for a lot of people to swallow. I know yeah. for myself, you know, when, when I'm looking at phones, you know, and things like that, obviously I'm looking at the two year contracts where I can get some sort of deal, right. you know, with it. Cause, you know, the other, um, pricing is just, just horrendous. Mm. Um, so I, I would prefer the <laughs> other pricing like everybody else would, sure. you know, the two ninety nine, even the, the new, uh, you know iPhone that's coming out you know in a couple of weeks is gonna be uh is gonna be six forty nine without a contract and so I mean those are the prices that we're seeing and yet you were seeing androids like nexus four um i think around uh three hundred dollars right now and that's with no contract just straight off of of google's site yep so hmm. um and that's a very powerful phone even in that five twenty with no contract two hundred bucks yeah two hundred
2: bucks yeah That's pretty interesting. You know, that lower end hardware, it's still the same feature set. It's just not as much memory, not as fast, not as fancy a screen, not as fancy a camera. So, uh, you know, I think we might have some points here to to gain some market share. Mm.
3: We'll see. Well, I mean, you know, uh, Windows Phone overtook BlackBerry. So, I mean, they're in third spot right now. It's kind of a joke, (laughs) actually. Well, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, but still, they're in the third spot. It is gaining, and that is good. It is gaining. But hey, you know, I remember, you know, when BlackBerry was the phone that, you know, everybody was carrying around. And I mean, you know, even – I know I talk about flying but a pretty good bit but earlier, but um, Delta also had a promo for free in-flight Wi-Fi if you yeah. were using a BlackBerry device. And that was just um, – that was just on my trip to TechEd, which was back in June. So, you know – BlackBerry, you know, is trying whatever they have left, you know, <laughs> right. to get people and partners. But um Microsoft's moving up. I mean, you know, it's going to take time. I mean, remember when the Xbox entered, you know, the industry, you know, Nintendo, you know, was like everything. PlayStation was everything. And now look where the Xbox is at.
1: Well, I tell you what, though, I mean, I continue to uh, impress people with the, this phone, the 920 and now the 1020, you know, and, and these are hardcore iPhone carriers, and they look at this and they say, huh, wow, I, you know, that's really freaking amazing. I, I may have to get one of those. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I mean, continue, it happens all the time. It's an impressive hardware.
3: In one of my, in, in my talks, you know, in my workshop, you know, I talked about NFC And, you know, at that time, you know, a lot of people were asking about, you know, the iPhone and, you know, I was just looking through the rumor mill. Um, and we didn't know that there wasn't going to be NFC in the iPhone 5C or the iPhone 5S. Right. But, um, at that point, I mean, even now that we know that there's no NFC, you know, in those versions of it, you know, still, I mean, the Windows phone rocks. I mean, there's a, there is, and and I think it's just going to keep you know, getting better, yep. you know, especially over time.
1: All right. Well, I can't wait. And you know what? People who have podcasts around uh, Windows phones are probably going to be pretty popular in the future. <laughs> so we're in a good spot again, I think. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much for talking to us. Great to have your perspective and your knowledge there. Oh,
3: thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. You bet. All right. We'll see you next time on the tablet show. It's not too much, but I it's a lot